0: We're going inside him. We're going outside him. Inside him, outside him. And if we get him on the run once, we're going to keep him on the run. And we're not going to pass unless our secondary comes up too close. Don't forget, man. We're going to get him on the run. We're going to go, 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 go. 31-24. Notre Dame is number one. D-10. He's under the first Touchdown. Here goes Morrison. Down the sideline. He go yes he can touchdown big six Benjamin Morrison through the lane Tyree whoa can he get there Tyree to 30 20 10 touchdown United woo! 98 big ones you ready champ
1: i am ready for this my whole life
0: Welcome to the First and Gold Podcast, the official podcast of the Irish Tribune. I'm Nick Kramer, and as, as always, I'm joined by my co-host Joe Kramer. Be sure you're checking us out at theirishtribune.com. Follow us on those socials at the Irish Tribune and at First and Gold Pod. And don't forget to rate and review and subscribe if you enjoy the show. Um, we have a ton to talk about today. Uh, Mike Denbrock is coming back to Notre Dame. Huge win for the Irish. We have a bowl game coming up we're going to talk about. We just signed a top 10 recruiting class. A lot of exciting things going on here um, with the Irish, but we wanted to start off, we wanted to switch things up this week. In segment one, we're going to start with your questions because we always enjoy your guys' questions. It kind of sets the tone for us, so that's where we're going to start today, but We'll have all that other stuff after as well. So uh, Joe, go ahead and uh, give us our first question. Let's, let's jump to it.
1: Let's jump into it, Nick. And yes, like you said, this is a great time to be a Notre Dame football uh, fan right now. It's a lot of stuff going on and definitely the positive trajectory is is skyrocketing right now. So through the roof, man. (laughs) Man, I'm giddy, I'm giddy right now. I'm giddy, there's a lot of fun things that we can discuss. Uh, but I, I like uh, I like jumping into questions because you guys get a lot of our discussion going. And um, it starts with Clutch Sports. And Clutch, we appreciate your follow uh, and all the interactions you've had with us on, on Twitter. He asks, his first question is, what are your favorite moments from the group of players who are leaving? Nick, you want to take that one?
0: Oh, man. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, so, guys, we have leaving. Uh, Cam Hart, Joe, Alt, Blake Fisher. Um, who else am I missing here? Um, or is that it?
1: That that's, you know, for guys that have, like, I would say significant moments.
0: Okay. So we'll, we'll just mainly go with those guys. Uh, I'll start with Cam Hart. I mean, dude came in here as a wide receiver, uh, you know, had to switch positions. He's battled injuries. Uh, favorite moment man just watching him all year long he's been he's been really fun to watch i mean he his game has progressed so significantly each year that he's been a starter um it's just been fun um i will say one thing one of my favorite things about cam hart i miss when him and kyle hamilton and those dudes did a podcast because that was a great listen
1: yes yes the uh, garage. Uh,
0: uh, yeah yeah inside the garage. Yep. Uh, so that was always a, a great listen. So I'm gonna go with that for my favorite moment of Cam Hart. What about you?
1: Yeah, uh good question. Do what want I I've always loved watching Joe Walt. Joe Walt just has consistent and and having some of those big pancake blocks in, in some big time games. Um, you know, it feels like sometimes we we feel like we we relish on on the bad moments, on things that stick out in our head, but you know, over time, just the consistency that Joe out had at a game to game basis, season to season basis, um, and that tackle position was fun to watch. And I think Notre Dame fans are going to be uh, are going to have some fun during the draft process uh, when, you know, Joe Walt's out there in the draft combine and even on draft day on that first day where he's going to be selected uh, in the first round. The, the highlights that, you know, ESPN or ABC is going to show. Uh, for for him are going to be fun for Notre Dame fans to watch. So I actually don't even think of my favorite moment with Joe Alt has happened. I think it's when he's going to get drafted is going to be my favorite moment.
0: Yeah, man. The best thing about a guy like Joe all is you don't have to worry about him. Like when, he's had yeah, that yeah. left tackle spot locked down since he's been there. And it's just been, it's been great not to have to worry about it. So yeah.
1: Coming in as a three-star recruit and, you know, and just Came, absolutely-
0: coming in as a tight end. Yeah, I mean, and
1: he he just absolutely when he came when he stepped foot on on Notre Dame's campus, his his trajectory for himself as a football player just skyrocketed, went through the roof. And, you know, he he put himself as one of the best tackles maybe all time um, at Notre Dame. And, and we were lucky to have him for as long as we did. And I'm excited for him to have his moment uh, upcoming here in the 2024 draft.
0: Yep. Well said.
1: Yep. So good question. Clutch. You followed it up with what portal player Urs, would you like ND to target to fill or bolster positions?
0: It's a really good question. Um, Yeah. All, all these are great questions. Clutch. Appreciate it, man. Um, And and they've already done a great job in the portal getting Riley Leonard um, and, and some wide receivers, Bo Collins, Chris Mitchell, um, one, I would like to see them. Uh, RJ Obens, another one that they got. I'm real high on him. Um, but I, I think I'd like to see the Irish go for one more wide receiver. Uh, they've had a couple on campus that you know didn't really, didn't really pan out. Um, but there is one to keep an eye on. His name's Jeremiah Hunter. Um, that we've been hearing. Um, he's out of Cal, so you know, he's a very, very talented player. Uh, it's 2023 stats. 62 receptions for 700 yards, seven touchdowns. So, the kid can play. Um, so he's one to keep an eye on. I I think one more receiver would, would really have our wide receiver room in a, uh, in, in a good spot. Um, and then I'd love to see him go get another safety. Man, I'm, yeah. out, out of all the things on this roster, my main concern is safety. So, what about yeah. you, Joe?
1: And Nick, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off you. That's that's the room that I'm maybe most concerned about. And there's a lot of great things that we could talk about unit to unit. Uh, I love the wide receiver pickups in the portal so far. I think that obviously helps a ton um, yeah. with you know some of the losses that we had, and obviously the classes that you know ended up being misses. Um, so I, I'm excited to see kind of where that that wide receiver room room goes. And yeah, they definitely have room to get another one, but. The safety room is definitely something of concern of mine. That I'm wondering if you know Notre Dame's having a wandering eye on the portal. Yeah. Main reason being, you know, you lose Antonio Carter, you lose yeah. Ramon Henderson, you lose DJ Brown. So, um, and we're we still are unsure about Xavier Watts. Xavier Watts hasn't come out publicly yet uh, to say that he's returned or not. Yeah. There's obviously speculation that he's leaning on the side of coming back, which would really help the room. It would be a massive, massive uh, keep for the Irish, and I'm praying, I'm praying that he does. Like Xavier, everything's aligning, the stars are aligning. Right. Uh, you know, let's let's make sure that that we don't just absolutely decimate our our safety room. But um, that is one thing, just depth wise, that I would expect that Al Golden is looking to you know help out with maybe a portal addition.
0: Yep. Yep. Totally agree.
1: All right, and. Next question from Clutch. And again, Clutch, we really appreciate your questions. And I think you've asked this question before we knew about the OC hire. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what's one thing on your ND football Christmas wish list? Nick, I'll let you take this one. Uh,
0: So if we would have recorded this a couple days ago, it would have been Mike Uh, (laughs) Denbrock. But but right now, my Christmas wish list is for us to – Extend Al Golden, extend his contract, yes, and actually keep him. Um, you know, surviving the NFL offseason and the NFL coaching carousel is going to make me nervous, even if he does sign an extension. So, my biggest thing, yes, a, a bull win's going to be huge. Yes, you know, uh, confirming guys like X Watts are, is going to be huge, and and getting in the transfer portal, but. My biggest one, if we can keep Al Golden for next year, uh, be huge. What about you, Joe?
1: Nick, I, you're hitting the spot on. We see, a lot, we see eye-to-eye on a lot of things. We do, we do. Um, but I think it's just surviving the NFL coaching carousel, and it's just not Al Golden. I think there's going to be a lot of guys um, on Good our one. staff that may have um, an interest in going to the NFL, and they should. Um, you know, Obviously, Mike Mickens. Mike Mickens has been an absolute stud. Um, you know, on the defensive side and and in our secondary, uh, you know, obviously developing sauce Gardner, you see, we have the Benjamin Morrison's um, you know, we we know how Notre Dame cam Hart. We know how we feel about our, our cornerback room. And Mike Mickens is a big uh, obviously a main contributor to that um, eyeing talent and and developing talent. I think he, he could definitely uh, you know, obviously have a wandering eye or the NFL have a wandering eye, um, you know with with mike um you know deanna mccullough um you know the running back coach i i think you know he's always wanting to kind of you know it's been speculation but i think he's wanting to move up the ranks as as a as a coach in college football or even nfl uh he's had you know the taste of nfl and uh with the kansas city chiefs in the past and i think he may you know have have interest on the NFL side. If he he gets an opportunity that he likes, uh, we could even go to O'Leary. You know, O'Leary, the development of Xavier Watts, you know, having one of the best defensive players, if not the best, awarded the best defensive player in all of college football, Xavier Watts, uh, in his unit. There's going to be a lot of guys during the NFL carousel that I fear, uh, you know, may be pursued about NFL opportunities. And I just want Notre Dame to survive it. We lost yeah. Brian Mason last year, and I thought that was a huge hit to our, yeah. to our special teams. I want Marcus Freeman to have stability within his coaching staff going into twenty twenty four. Lock these boys up, man. Lock yeah. these boys up. Extend out whatever it takes. Uh, you know that would be my Christmas wish list. Um, maybe, as, as we approach twenty twenty four.
0: Maybe if Hartman buys him that Ferrari, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, that would right, whatever it takes, about... Nick. Just sign yeah, off. Well, on
0: whatever me. it takes, baby okay i'm
1: for it i'm for it but clutch sports great question and uh yeah and if this wasn't before um you know when you asked this question my my 100 answer would have been mike denbrock and i'm over the moon about that higher but i know we'll we'll dive in deeper on, on that yeah. um on obviously notre Dame's new oc uh moving forward here in the podcast but thank you for your question clutch all right so Notre Dame Prime, Prime, appreciate you sending in a question. Uh, you could follow uh, Prime at Notre Dame underscore Prime. He asks, Freeman seems to be embracing the go big or go home mindset in the player and coaches portal. Should expectations be higher in 2024 than in past years? Nick, I'll go ahead and take this one. Okay. I, I think this is, this is a, a vital year for, for Freeman. Obviously, we could go into, you know, the history of Notre Dame coaches that that third year, that magical third year uh, being under your belt, you know, kind of getting the majority of your guys, um, including the coaching staff, as as Prime mentioned, and in, um, you know, recruitment classes. I, I think it's not a make or break here. I, I'm firmly think that Freeman is doing a ton of great stuff. And he is such a great representative of the Notre Dame uh, football program, but also just the university as a whole. He, he has gone above and beyond to connect with the university, uh, you know, be a spokesman for the university, uh, I would say supporting other programs, all that stuff. And then obviously on the recruitment trail, he's been a blazer. So all that stuff combined. However, it does matter what we do on the football field. And it does seem like he's got the veteran OC now. He's got the veteran DC that um, you know, did a lot of great things in 2023. I think this is a vital year for him to, you know, make it in the college football playoff. It's, it's make the college football playoff or it's going to be a disappointing season.
0: Yeah. And just to follow up on that, you brought up a lot of good points, um, that I was going to hit on as well. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely think expectations should be higher in 2024. It, like you said, it's year three. Um, and, you know, it's it's getting to that point in, in Freeman's career where, you know, honeymoon phase is over. He's got his staff, like you mentioned. Um, so the excuses aren't going to be there uh, as much. You know, he's getting his guys in place. He's getting his talent on the roster, and he's getting settled in himself. And then on top of that, you know, with uh, advancing to the 12-team playoff, uh, expectation basically from here going out is – playoff or bust i mean every year so um yeah absolutely i think the expectations uh should be and are higher for 2024 and uh it's going to be fun to watch because i i have a feeling their is going to step up and uh and, and hit those expectations
1: 100 and i actually think you know if you fast forward to if you look ahead into their 2024 schedule uh, we don't have to dive into it you know game by game yet but Um, You know, the way the schedule plays out, I think it's, you know, a winnable schedule where where we should be expecting, you know, a 10 win season at minimum. Um, And and you're hoping that that puts you into the college football playoff, um, you know, with with their criteria. So I, I think we're both on the same page. And I think Notre Dame fans are kind of aligned with this as well as, you know, you got your Riley Leonard, you know, experienced quarterback. You got your experienced O.C., you got your experience, D.C. that's back again, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully with with Al Golden. Right. Um, you know, all these things are aligning for you to kind of get this done. Um, you know, it, it's kind of put up or shut up, go big or go home, you know, that that mindset. So we agree, Prime, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to 2024, man. It, it's going to be an exciting year. Yep. All right. And Prime follows up with another question. He asks, when's a realistic timeline for Carr to be QB1 and Knight to be QB1 after Carr? Nick, I'll let you take this one being the quarterback guru you are. <laughs>
0: I don't know about a quarterback <laughs> guru. Uh, armchair quarterback guru. Sure, we'll go that route. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I, in my opinion, I, I love CJ Carr, man. I, I've loved him ever since they recruited him. I think his knowledge for the game. Um his lights out. I, I think he throws a great ball. He's a great leader. Uh, so I, I've said this on other podcasts. Personally, I think after this year, Riley Leonard, you know, has his one year. I think after that, CJ Carr will win the job over a menci or Angeli. Now again, that's just my opinion. That's just me speaking as a as a a fan or whatever. Um so I I'm gonna say CJ Carr, I mean he's looking to start in twenty twenty five. And then Deuce Knight, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes from there. Um, but again, a lot can happen between here and there. I mean, there's so much time between now and, and 2025. Uh, but if I had to guess, he'll at least compete to start and, and be in the running um, in 2025. Joe, what do you think?
1: Yeah, Nick. Um, again, we we see kind of similar things. However, I, I'm i not giving up on Minchie quite yet. I. I think a lot of Notre Dame fans, uh, sounds like including yourself, are you know obviously Riley Leonard's going to be the guy for 2024, right? He, he's going to be QB one. Carr is going to sit behind him as a freshman and, and kind of learn, uh, you know, with you know talking to Gino on the sidelines, having more reps, etc. I love that he's already in Notre Dame uniform here in December as they're going forward with bull prep. And Nick, I don't know if you saw some of the the video footage of practice, but man, car throws a pretty spiral. Man, I mean, it zips. It jumps off his he hand. He does. And it's not like the, you know, I, I I was joking with my dad, who's also a big Notre Dame fan, obviously your uncle Nick, and, you know, we would watch, you know, Tyler Buckner. And this is anything against Tyler Buckner, but he didn't have that that crisp uh, throwing motion. It was a little bit oh. sidearm. It was kind of like Phillip Rivers-esque, you know, and he kind of lined up with Drew Pine. Drew Pine kind of, you know, used a lot of his body. And, you know, seeing Carr throw it, uh, you know, it's you pretty, can just yeah. see there's there's a difference, you know, uh, between, you know, those guys throwing the ball and Carr throwing the ball, uh, which gets me pretty excited where I kind of almost want to jump the gun uh, and say sophomore year is his. But for me, I, you know, realistic timeline, I think he is going to battle for it in 2025 uh, for, for the position. However, I think Minchie's going to be, you know, the guy that has maybe a little higher ceiling because he's going to have a little bit more college reps, a little bit more time in the weight room, a little bit time, more time that he's learned from Gino. Um, but that's kind of the timeline. And and man, Deuce Knight, I mean,
0: I love this that guy, game,
1: <laughs> the fact that we have a back-to-back of Carr and Deuce Knight, I mean, holy smokes. It's a good feeling,
0: um, man. It's a good feeling.
1: Man, it is it is a great problem to have because, the, athletically, you're talking about a guy ceiling. I think it's, Minchies as high as Car's as high. Holy smokes! I I have no. This guy is a different cat. You know, he's he's posting on Twitter doing windmill dunks. Uh, he he's just a special special athlete. Runs like a deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, And and he's able to throw a cannon of
0: an arm, and he's got a cannon.
1: So, I mean, he's going to come in and and just be different. He, you know, Carr kind of has that those QB qualities, but Deuce Knight is like a wildcat. Like he's coming in, and I think you know Dembrock's probably looking at the situation that he's walking into, saying these are my quarterbacks. This is going to be my quarterback room for the next. This is going to be all right. I'm I'm good with this. So it's. Notre Dame fans should be excited all around because where, wherever the chips fall, it, you're you're going to be dealing with some talented quarterbacks.
0: Well, and just just to add on top of that, real quick, the quarterback's got to be ecstatic right now too to be playing for a guy like Brock. I mean, to see what oh. he did with a Desmond Ritter and uh, Jaden Daniels. I, I mean, if I'm if I'm Deuce Knight or CJ Carr, I, I'm through the roof right now. So oh, yeah. anyway, but yeah, I. I I love Carr. I don't want it to seem like I'm giving up on Menchie because I love his game as well. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see.
1: (laughs) It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to debate because these are all talented quarterbacks. And um, I do think if we mention other podcasts that this will be the last year that Notre Dame relies on getting a portal guy because they're going to be pretty set in the quarterback room with with the talent they have coming in and a talent that they're developing already. They may not be ready yet. Obviously, Carr being a true freshman, you know, Minchie finishing his his freshman campaign. Riley Leonard's going to fit right in with his experience. But yeah. man, the depth of this quarterback room that Freeman and uh, that Freeman's creating, Notre Dame fans got to be, you know, over the moon about it.
0: Yep. Totally agree, man.
1: Yep. So, good question, Prime. I always like talking quarterbacks. And then his final question is should guys like Harper, Thomas Harper, and others opted out of the bull game. Nick, I'll let you take this one.
0: So Harper uh, did come out and announce that he is opting out. You know, I, I guess overall, big picture, um, my overall thoughts on it. Like my thoughts are, if you're a guy like Cam Hart who has been so banged up throughout his entire career and still given so much to Notre Dame, I mean, he's a he's a true Notre Dame man. Um, yeah. I'm okay with you sitting out of the bowl. Same with Joe Alt. I, I mean, Joe Alt's is going to be a top 10 pick. He's going to be the, he should be the first tackle off the board. Totally okay with him not playing. Audric estimate, same thing. But when you get down to guys like Harper and Harper had a great year, don't get me wrong. And he's going to play in the NFL, even though he's a little undersized. At some point if you're not a first rounder or you know a day one pick I'd, i I kind of have the same attitude as Marcus Freeman you, you know finish what you started this is a team sport get get out there and play one more time with your guys uh, I know he didn't seem very happy with Hartman sitting out and I and I get it I thought Hartman would play in this game I really did and I thought he should have um but again this is the day and age of college football and I think you're going to see more and more of it uh, as we go forward. What do you think, Joe?
1: Yeah, Nick, I'm I'm torn, and I'm I'm more on the player side um, of this. And I know Thomas Harper; he's he's dealt with some injuries this year. He's missed a game has, or two. Yeah. Um, you know, Sam Hartman, I could kind of sink because you know Notre Dame. You know, it's no secret they paid him a lot of nil money uh, mm-hmm. to put on that Notre Dame uniform. And I'm sure the expectations with that money is, you know, to finish out the season. So, I, I get that part. But man, I, I just get flashbacks of, um, yeah, Jalen Smith. Smith, yeah. And you know, with that Ohio State. Now, that Ohio State game meant a little bit more than you know, obviously right. the bull game that we're in. Um, you know that that was a New Year's Six bull. Um, I. But, God, I just – the amount of money, Jalen Smith. Now, I think he ended up getting it with, you know, medical uh, cause and, you know, I think whatever the NFL did. And he was able to recuperate so much um, and make uh, uh, a little bit of a career with the Cowboys. And I think he's bounced around to a couple other teams since. Um, But, man, those kind of situations break my heart. I know Michigan had a tight end, right? Was it it but – I think it's Jake Butt, maybe who got injured in a yeah, ball game. Yeah, sounds um, right. And he was he was a projected first round tight end. And I I I understand. I mean, football is a violent game, and yeah. if you feel that you've done everything to kind of you know improve your NFL portfolio, and going out for another game is not going to improve or um, and all you can really do is hurt it at this point uh, with an injury. Then I could kind of understand you know wanting to. You know, opt out. I'm healthy right now. I don't need you to know. play this game. Um, you know, and, he, and here's my positive spin on this, Nick. You know, even with Sam Hartman not playing as a fan, though, you know, I don't have my you know, I don't have my money invested in Hartman um, as, as maybe Notre Dame does or, you know, boosters or whoever the NIL money came from. But as a fan, I want to see what we get named Jelly. You know what? Yeah. What do we have in him? You know, I, I love for him to kind of have this, um, I don't, not a rough draft, but you know, this dress rehearsal for the 2024 season for him to, you know, compete for, you know, maybe go against Riley Leonard to get that QB one job in 2024. And if he balls out in Oregon State, he's gonna he's gonna create a lot of discussion that you know maybe he is the guy, um, yeah. over over Riley Leonard. Now I don't expect that to happen, um. But, you know, it's an opportunity for that young man, which I'm excited for, and it creates a pretty good storyline for, for Notre Dame fans to, you know, tap on their TV screens and tune in and watch. Um, same with the quarterback room. You know, who's who's going to fill in there? Well, obviously, we have Jordan Clark that's coming in from Arizona State that's rumored to kind of fill that spot. But, you know, maybe there, there's someone in the quarterback room that wants to show that that could be their position in 2024. Obviously, What's we the know point? the – Obviously, we know the offensive of linemen. You know, uh, we have. You know, we're going to talk about this a little bit more as we talk about the bowl game prep. But you know, from the rumors, Degussa, um, you know, Tosh Baker and Emil Wagner are going to have their opportunities to kind of display uh, what they can do with the tackle position for 2024. So um, it's a lot of good things that we could kind of project out uh, by by seeing this dress rehearsal here in uh, here in about a week uh, against Oregon State. That. I'm excited to kind of see how, how our boys perform.
0: Yeah. I think you brought up a lot of good points there and, and you're right. And, and I guess, l- let me add on to my point. If it was a new year, six Bowl, I'd be much more Agreed. fired up about this, but with it being the sun bowl, I do get it. I do. So.
1: Yep. And yeah. trust well, me. If it was well a new year six bowl and Sam Hartman, came, I, I would be, I'd be pretty ticked.
0: Right. Right. I'd
1: be pretty so. ticked if we're playing, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, a Mizzou who had a great year, you know, I, I want us to go out and get that because that, that takes another oh. thing off a monkey off Notre Dame's back with, you know, the chatter about them in big bowl games. So, right. Um, yeah. that That's kind of how I feel. Um, but I'm also excited for the guys that get opportunities. I, I think it's going to be fun yeah. for, for us to dive into and, you know, I'm sure that discussion will, will lead to a lot of hot spring uh, football talk. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, great question. I, I love that question. Yeah, um, very good. So, I'll, I'll jump to the next one. This is from Luke Elishoff. Luke, we appreciate you uh, for always being a supporter of the Irish Tribune and the first and goal pod. Uh, you could follow Luke at, at McChuckles419. He asks, What is the going price tag for a top offensive coordinator? Is there such a thing as too expensive for Notre Dame? Obviously, I think a lot of this this question may have been answered here recently because Luke asked this on December 19th. So, uh, Nick, you want to dive into some of some of your thoughts on the Dembrock hire?
0: Yeah. So as far as going price tags, I I mean, as far as I know, the highest paid offensive coordinator in college football is Riley at Clemson. And I think he's making a little over two million a year. Uh, I think Washington's offensive coordinator Grubb is making right around that as well. Um, And I I think that's kind of where we're at in today's college football. I I think if you want to get your top offensive coordinator, you're going to have to pay around the 1.5 to 2 million a year uh, to attract a guy and keep him. So um, I, I, I don't think there's any such thing as too expensive for Notre Dame. Notre Dame can afford, um, to Notre Dame can keep up with anybody as far as affording it. Now, as far as things being too expensive, I, Notre Dame's not just going to throw around money in, in like a way that say Texas A&M is. Um, but if they see an investment that they think is valuable and that Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, thinks is valuable. I, I think they trust Marcus Freeman. And if that's the guy he wants, I think they'll be willing to pay top dollar to get him. And, and that to me shows an administration that's backing yes, their sir. coach, which is yes, awesome. It brings so, tears to
1: my eyes, Nick. It brings tears in my eyes.
0: <laughs> I know, right? never thought we'd see this day. <laughs> um, no, so I, I don't think... There's such thing as too expensive for Notre Dame, but I, I also think they're they're smart with their investments as they should be. So, Joe,
1: yeah, I we we know Notre Dame has the money. You know, looking up if you look up Notre Dame's endowment for 2023, Notre Dame's operating budget for the fiscal year of 2023 and 24 is 1.8 billion dollars with a B, with a B. <laughs> so it's a lot of money. Obviously, Notre Dame has a lot of money to to throw around and, uh, you know, can definitely fund where they want to fund. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to see glimpses that they're starting to invest in their football program, something that, you know, football fans, uh, Notre Dame football fans have been, you know, screaming for the last few years. Obviously, we could, we don't want to talk about the Ludwig situation, um, you know, with the Utah's OC and you know, not willing to pay that buyout. Uh, But here we are, we're, you know, we steal a guy from LSU. And if it was, I'm sure there was a bidding war. I'm excited to see where the numbers land with, uh, you know, Notre Dame's contract with him. But I fully expect it's going to be a pretty penny that they're paying Dembrock to come back up to South Bend, uh, leave his friend, Brian Kelly. I mean, Brian Kelly was in his wedding. You know, this is a good friend of his that Notre Dame just plucked um, away from Baton Rouge. And, and got him back up to Notre Dame. And he has a yep. lot of ties to the coaching staff. So I'm sure money's going to play a big part of that. So the fact that Notre Dame went all in on Denbrock uh, to get him here, I'm sure money was was part of the motive as well.
0: And we all feel very, very bad for Brian Kelly that he lost the <laughs> offensive coordinator. Just
1: oh, oh, just just absolutely <laughs> heartbroken for him. I hope he's doing all right and he has a happy <laughs> holidays. You know, But this was uh, mm-hmm. this is definitely a satisfying feeling I feel like uh, yes. the Grinch meme with the, him smiling. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame uh, stealing away Brian Kelly's offensive of quarter that just got him a Heisman Trophy and the number one uh, rated <laughs> offense in 2023. So again, I am just so excited, excited, fired up about you know the direction and glimpses and what we're seeing from the administration. You know, obviously funding and telling Marcus Freeman to go get his guy and what we're doing in the portal getting guys that aren't just graduate transfers, but actually getting guys that um, are in the portal that are good fits to Notre Dame. And, you know, they're not holding the same academic standards that, again, I think these are great students, you know, but, you know, the whole, I would say, criteria for Notre Dame to go in the portal was to get a grad student. You could only go get grad students, but some of the portal guys that we've taken this year have not graduated yet. So, again, it's showing that we're adapting, right? adapt or die
0: changing baby.
1: Yeah. Where it's adapt, you know, college football is adapt or die kind of uh, mantra um, amongst college football and to catch up with the arms races. That's, that's constantly going on in the sec, the big 10, et cetera. And Notre Dame is flexing their muscles that they're willing to adapt as well to make sure that they're putting out a competitive program, if not the most competitive program, it can be um, at a high level. So I am just through the roof on, on what, what is going on in South Bend right now?
0: Well said, Joe. I love it, man. I I'm fired up too, dude. I, hell we were already talking on the group chat, like ready for the spring game, baby. Like, let's oh, yeah.
1: get it. <laughs> oh I I'm hundred percent there. No questions asked. Yeah. It will be, and hopefully it doesn't rain as bad as it did last year. Oh my I want God, it to be a beautiful day. That was
0: day. awful. Yeah.
1: But oh. all right. And, and Luke follows up with another good question. Uh, he follows up, which would you prefer proven experience or unknown possible genius? uh regarding college offensive coordinator pro offensive coordinator so i think what luke's getting at here is what was your preference on on you know the the candidate search for for Notre Dame and and did Demarcus Freeman hit it for you
0: um well I, I honestly i think it came down to two guys that were on both ends of that spectrum you know you, you had mike dembrock who was one a He's your guy with experience. He's done it before. He's been at Notre Dame before. He's done it at different places. Uh, And then I think the 1B candidate was Kirby Moore out of Missouri. And he's more of your young guy, um, kind of the innovative, you know, very, very young, energetic, innovative type OC. And I would have been excited with either. But to me, it was very important. And and I think it's going to continue to be important for Marcus Freeman. At a place like Notre Dame, surround yourself with guys that have have done it a multitude of different places, have been in a multitude of, of different situations and, and dealt with different types of players. I, I think a guy like Denbrock, you watch his offenses, he's, you know, you know, people make the argument that the only reason they had the top offense this past year was because of Jaden Daniels. But to me, that's a lazy take. If you look back at Dembrock's career, and what he's been able to do with, you know, guys that aren't even close to Jaden Daniels, and he still puts out a successful product. So great point. I I, I think to me, it, it was very important to get a guy um, like Dembrock because of the experience and, and they went out and they got their guy. so in this situation that's the way i was leaning but i would have been excited with kirby Moore as well joe
1: nick this is this has been a home run higher like what was plan a and this was plan a because you know don't make a plan b because it distracts from plan a marcus freeman <laughs> you absolutely hit He's this dog, one man. over over the green monster uh into the river, into the streets. I mean, this was an absolute home run hire. Um because, you know, as Luke mentions, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to get, you know, an NFL guy, college guy, you know, young veteran. I I want Marcus because he's kinda he has that 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 Moxie, that young Moxie. He gets the players, you know, he wears the cool clothes. He's able yeah. to uh, you know, project this, you know, Notre Dame coolness. I don't know if that's even a word, Nick, coolness, but, you you know, that swag, that I guess, that that Notre Dame swag, uh, mm. you know, Marcus Freeman has that covered. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to make sure the X's and O's are good. He doesn't have a ton of experience, um, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball. So that's what do point. I want? I want him to have a proven veteran offensive coordinator that's been in college football before. And this is what you get out of Mike Denbrock. He understands Notre Dame. He's been there before. He he understands the the type of man and uh, or men that uh, Notre Dame wants to recruit. Uh, the the people that are surrounded in the football program. I think that's important stuff to kind of have background knowledge in to kind of immerse yourself right away into the Notre Dame culture.
0: Great point. Because I, I don't think people. Just to follow up on that point, Joe, cause that was a really good point. He knows how to recruit guys to Notre Dame. He's done the recruiting pitch. He's been there twice in the past. You know he was there under Ty and then he was there under Kelly. He knows how to sell Notre Dame. And on top of that, I think, in his heart, he loves Notre Dame that yes. there it's it's obvious. so. I think that's a really important point that some people may be overlooking that you brought up. So, well said.
1: Yep, yep. This isn't going to be a guy that's going to be the first time he's ever been to South Bend. And, you know, he, he's into the glamour of Notre Dame. But, you know, Dembrox lived it. He's, he's recruited for it. He knows the people that surround the program and the academic standards and, you know, what you can pitch as pros and pitches as challenges for recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's huge. Second point is familiarity is a guy that's coached with you know mike brown is a new wide receiver coach he's coached yeah. with gino he's coached with marcus freeman already you know it, it's so important to have familiarity and continuity on your staff so mm-hmm. the fact that we were able to go get the top offensive coordinator uh in college football i'm going off the 2023 stats lsu had the top offense, most points per game in total offense in college football last year and you're telling me that this guy also has ties to Notre Dame, has been in Notre Dame, and also has coached with the with the staff that we already have on the offensive side of the ball, it's like the stars are aligning. This was like yeah. a perfect, you know, this was like the missing puzzle piece that we've been waiting for. Um, you know, I, I love the continuity on the staff. They're going to be familiar with each other. They're going to hopefully gel right away and kind of know the expectations of, you know, the Dembrock offense and, you know, what is going to do, feel comfortable with his QBs and Mike Brown with his wide receivers. Now, obviously, I think Joe Rudolph and him will will have to, uh, you know, get off um, on the right step, and I'm sure they will. Uh, mm-hmm. But having, you know, majority of your offensive staff already being familiar with you, I think that just, you know, progresses that, that step forward in 2024, um, you know, an extra step, uh, if that right. makes sense.
0: Absolutely. And that's a, it's a great point. And, you know, everything that I've heard about the guy also is uh, players love to play for him. Um, Coaches love to work with him. He's extremely well liked. Um, He's, you know, low maintenance. I I don't think you're going to see him uh, coming in and then looking to leave within a year or two. I, I think this could be a spot that Mike Denbrock comes stays for a few four or five years and retires at Notre Dame. I think he would enjoy having that be the end of his career. I really do. Now again, that's just my opinion. Um, and then on um, on top of that, this wasn't just a money decision. You know, Texas A and M was going to make him the highest paid offensive coordinator in the country, uh, and he turned it down. But now he's coming to Notre Dame, and we won't know those exact figures um but it, again it's because he wants to be here and that's crucial so yeah. really good points home run higher i'm so pumped
1: yeah 100 percent. and and what the Notre Dame can, fans could take away from this and something i've taken away from you know Dembrock's not going to leave LSU unless he doesn't think he's walking into a good situation so yeah good uh point. coaches know know where kind of football programs stand if some things are, are showing signs of crumbling some are a little bit unstable the fact that Mike Demprock saying, "Yep, yeah, this is an opportunity I want to take." That shows me that he's eyeing the the football program the way I think Notre Dame fans are. That, again, I'm using the word trajectory a lot in this podcast, but right. the trajectory of this program is is off to a hot start. It is, and I don't know, I'm, I'm forgetting. This is bad podcasting. I'm like, I'm doing <laughs> hand movements here, but hey, that's. Just,
0: I'll picture it, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, just it's picture me, just up.
1: you know, you know, <laughs> sending my my hands straight up. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, I'm very excited. So I'll I'll get moving uh, to kind of finish up uh, our first segment with questions. And you know and... what? Yeah, R- go ahead. R- real
0: quick. So this next question by Liam Gaudette, uh is actually going to take us right into what we're going to do in segment two. So let's save it.
1: Gotcha, Um, gotcha, And
0: we'll, we'll start off segment two with, with Liam's question Uh, in segment two, just so you guys know what to expect. uh, We're going to have some fun uh, talking about this 2024 recruiting class that we just signed top 10 class. I'm super excited about this class, Uh, but we got some fun kind of awards, you know, who's the tough guy on offense. Who's the future first rounder, future captain, et et cetera, et cetera. So, We're going to have some fun talking the recruiting class uh, next segment. And then we're also going to talk just some news and then, of course, our bowl predictions. So uh, we'll be right back with segment two. Stay with us. Welcome back to the First and Gold podcast segment two. Uh, We have some 2024 class discussion here. Uh, They just signed uh, on December 20th, finished as a top 10 class and I, you know, I, I'm very, very high on this class. If you look at it top to bottom, there's, you got some potential star power, uh, you got some good depth guys, and I feel like you got some guys that are just good, tough football players. Um, so I, I we're going to do a little bit of like, a an awards thing for our 2024 class and Liam Gaudet, uh, a, my former editor over at the Irish Tribune, uh at liam goddet it he had a great question and this is going to kick off our 2024 class awards and he asks who is the biggest sleeper in the 2024 class so joe who is your sleeper for this class
1: oh man so i think people are going to be a little bit surprised uh with my pick um but the more i thought about it, the more I'm just kind of intrigued because he's not a high recruit, but this is a room that, you know, is starting to fill up with guys with with young talent, but um, unproven. And it's going to be in the safety room. And I love guys with good DNA, Ooh. guys that have NFL background. And I think Kennedy Erlacher
0: hey. is,
1: is a sleeper in this class. Again, we've had, you know, great success with, with former NFL guys before, obviously, you know, just mentioning Joe Walt coming in as a three-star that ended up being all American is going to be a, you know, a first round selection. I'm going to go also with the, you know, NFL DNA with obviously the the hall of fame career of his dad, Brian Urlacher. And I'm going to go with Kenny Urlacher. You, you can't uh, teach, you know, football instincts sometimes. And, and this kid loves to hit, uh, I, I think that Al Golden is going to find, you know, use his unique traits and and use them in special ways where he, he could potentially shine a, as, as a Notre Dame uh, defensive player. Uh, now, not right away. I don't see it right away, but right. you know, maybe in his sophomore, junior, senior season where, where he can possibly blossom because again, DNA uh, is something that, that you can't teach and, I'm excited to see what he can transform once once he hits the weight room.
0: I like that pick, man. And I really like him as a recruit. I know some Notre Dame fans are like, ah, you know, is this a little bit of a reach? You know, he, he sometimes struggles in coverage, but he's just a fun football player to watch, man. you can tell he enjoys it, like you mentioned. So I think that's a good pick. Um, my sleeper came down to two guys and I, and I did consider Erlacher, but, um, My final two, you know, after watching some of their senior film uh, for Sleeper was Cole Mullins and Anthony Knapp. Um, Both guys, you know, both three stars. um, Both are very physical, though. But I'm going to go with Cole Mullins, man. I think think he has the potential to be a threat, a a big-time threat down the road uh, on the defensive line. What do you think, Joe?
1: Good pick. Good pick. No, I – I, I thought about those guys as well, and uh, I'm a those are guys that I think just have, you know, kind of higher ceilings than people expect, so good pick. Yeah,
0: okay. All right, next up uh, for our awards, we're going to do Tough Guy O and Tough Guy D. So, who's the guy on offense? Just tough, hard-nosed. I almost want to call it the um, – oh, God, now his name's escaping me um, – Bo Bauer Award. So, Bo Bauer okay. – a tough football player, man, just out there yeah. playing tough football. So who's your offensive recruit for the tough guy award?
1: So this was kind of an easy one for me. Uh, you know, actually, I could have probably done, you know, either of the running backs. But, you know, the more I've watched in e. Williams' film, I, I couldn't oh, go man. away from, from him. I mean, I think he shows a lot of traits where he's a little bit bigger than Kyron. Uh, but, you know, coming from the same same state in Missouri, he has that kind of running, uh, I would say, not trend, but kind of running game. Style. Uh, style, thank you. Running style yeah. that, that Kyron had. And uh, he he's not afraid to take on contact. And I love guys that are able to, you know, guys aren't hitting him back. If he gets, you know, hit, he's taking at least another extra two or three yards with him. Um and I love love backs that, you know, kinda, you know, give compliment into our room as obviously the Jeremiah loves that we already have and you know the Justin Thurmans that are in the twenty twenty five class that, you know, flash speed and athleticism. aeneas Williams will will go get that one yard when you need him. So I'm going to Nias. It's
0: a good pick, man. I you know, I was watching some of his film just last night and he is fun to watch, man. You talk about a speed guy, just electric on the field. So I think that's a great pick. And all, I mean, our running back tandem in general, I to me, this is the best running back tandem I think I've seen brought in in a single class. I think both of these guys are going to be absolute studs. So I think yeah. that's a good pick. Yeah. Um, my tough guy on offense, I'm going Anthony Knapp, dude. I watched his film. He he's going to be a guard he could probably play some tackle at the next level but he is just so physical and he is looking to finish blocks there's multiple blocks uh on his highlight film if you ha- if you guys haven't watched it be sure to go check it out where he is taking dudes it's like the blind side where he just blocked <laughs> all the way to the bus like he's blocking him blocking guys like three four yards out of bounds so he's just a tough dude he's not he's not someone i would want to go up against I, I feel like he kind of has that Quentin Nelson mentality in him which I love in an offensive lineman so that's my pick for tough guy on offense Like I'll, it. I'll go ahead and give my tough guy on defense and then I'll let you give yours yeah uh, my my tough guy on defense is Bodie Cahoon he's another one man when he's on the football field he's looking for contact and I almost said Kennedy Erlacher here because he's that way as well but Bodie Cahoon, man, he's just a physical guy. He's looking for that contact. He's filling those holes. Uh, another fun film to watch if, if the listeners haven't already. What's your pick, Joe?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm going also um, – I'm going to go on the defensive line here. And I, I'm going Sean Civilano, uh, yeah. 6'1", 315 pounds. Um, I know there were some questions about when when Notre Dame took him. Um, you know losing another recruit to Michigan and you know obviously rumors of that we kind of stepped away from that recruitment Um, and then you know obviously Sean uh, shortly followed with his commitment after after we lost that that previous recruit but you know watching this guy's film he moves differently than you know typical 315 pound pound guys Uh, he has some athleticism to him and like you know being a tough guy he's not afraid of contact he's looking to create some chaos in the middle of that line uh for the offense and uh, i'm excited to see what what he blossoms into um once he hits you know a notre dame weight room and training and you know gets some you know probably better weight on him um what he could turn out to be uh for notre dave's defensive line in the future
0: really good pick man he, you're right not many guys that are that size have the feet and agility that 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 he does so i think it's a great pick Um, okay, next up, we have, uh, your best bet for a first rounder, and we're not going to go offense and defense. We're just going to pick one from the class. Um, I have mine, Joe, but if you want to go first, you can, or I can lead it. Nick, you
1: got it. You got this. All
0: right. Uh, so there was a few options here. You know, you got, you got guys like KVA, you got guys like Cam Williams, uh, CJ Carr, all, you know, could project to that spot, but I'm going with Kirby Lambert here. Uh, His size is just different. Uh, He's the uh, tackle out of Massachusetts. Uh, His finalists came down to Notre Dame and Harvard. So, you know, he's got the, he's got that big brain, man. He's, he's smart, but he's also tough on the football field. So he's got the size to be a first rounder. Um, He's got the school and O-line U to project him there. Uh, I'm going with gerby Lambert as a future first round pick. What's your?
1: that I mean O line U is gonna continue with gerby i I was very close to picking him, but then doing what I decided to do last second was just go to the most talented guy. I mean yeah. that you know NFL loves things that you can't teach such as speed, agility, just athleticism and that's our boy cam Williams. and yeah. you know with the acquiring of of Mike Dembrock, Uh, what he was able to do with those LSU wide receivers, uh, you know, neighbors uh, who had a big year. And then obviously I expect our quarterback with the, you know, talent we have in our quarterback room, uh, Cam's going to be a focal point for this offense moving forward. And I think he's going to impact as as, as a true freshman. So I got to go Cam Williams, future first round pick, the most talented wide receiver we've had since Michael Floyd. And I I think this guy is going to be, an absolute stud and hopefully possible Heisman candidate out of this whole class.
0: Great pick, man. And I was close with him as well. He's exciting too, man. His film, he's fast. He's got great hands. He's the whole package. so, So I think that's a great pick. All right. Next superlative. Who was the must get player for us on offense and defense? Uh, And let's start on offense. Who was was the one player Notre Dame had to get in this class?
1: All right, I'll steal the offense, and I have one for defense too, but I'll steal my my offensive guy uh, here early, and that's C.J. Carr. The most important position in football is the quarterback position, and C.J. Carr is going to elevate this QB room in a major way. And, you know, this isn't a diss on, you know, the previous quarterbacks that we've had, um, you know, under, you know, previous uh, coaching regiments. But, you know, this guy, you know, stealing stealing him away just from Michigan and kind of his ties in Michigan with his grandfather uh, being Lloyd Carr. Uh, this was a must get because he has the QB talent. I love that we steal him away from Michigan and we get kind of one of their legacy guys. Yeah. Um, and it's the most important position in, and on the offense and including the defensive side, you can only go as far as your quarterback takes you. Especially as we go into a twelve-team playoff, you're going to you're going to need to have elite quarterback play uh, to extend plays and uh, make sure the ball is getting to to playmaker's hands. He's the most important guy for the future of, of the program.
0: Good pick, man, and I can't argue against it. But uh, my pick for offense was uh, is going to be Cam Williams. Well, you know my. Thoughts and a lot of Notre Dame fans' thoughts um, on the wide receiver play this year. Uh, That room was hurting in a bad, bad way. Uh, So uh, it was crucial for for Notre Dame to go out and get a true number one wide receiver, and and Cam Williams is that. So that's my pick. Uh, On defense, I'll go ahead and and jump in and give my pick. Um, I'm going to go – it's tough i have a couple names written down here but i'm gonna go with uh this may be cheating but the defensive end room um you know bryce Bryce, i i I probably shouldn't do that so i'll I'll do do it, it do it all right uh so i'm gonna go with the defensive end room they had to get some guys that can rush the passer and they did just that logan thomas electric bryce young electric cole mullins electric they absolutely nailed that position, and they needed it, man. They needed to to replenish uh, at Viper and at Strong and they absolutely a plus hit it. So, Joe, what's your defensive must had had to get? My
1: mine was Bryce Young, and just because of the legacy, but I just think this kid's ceiling is so high, and he's just scratching the surface. I I can't wait to see what the weight room and the training can turn his body into and if he's anything like his dad holy smokes um you know we yeah. have um you know a talented kid coming in um and also you know like i just said on the offensive side the most important position is quarterback on the defensive side with the most important thing is is getting to other you know our opponents quarterbacks so you know yep. the, the development of, of our defensive line guys is going to be crucial and i think bryce young has the highest ceiling out of all of them. So he was a must get, especially with, um, you know, his his dad being um, a legacy.
0: Yeah, I, I think we're both on the same page on that one. Uh, all right, this next one's obviously very hypothetical, but out of the entire class, um, if someone were to score a touchdown, who do you think will have the best touchdown dance?
1: <laughs> well, I know the one that probably has the biggest personality, and that's Carson Hobbs. So I, I gotta go out of uh, my alma mater, Moeller High School. Uh, Carson Hobbs. I know he has something dialed up. If if he ever takes one to the house, a pick <laughs> six, he, he's gonna have something. Whether it's a sharpie in his in his uh, sock and, and signing it, um, or having a cell phone in the field goal post and and calling. So he's him. the
0: next Chad Johnson, man. Oh yeah, he really is. He
1: he loves talking. He's a confident player, and that's what I love out of seeing out of my my cornerbacks. You got to have yeah. confidence. You got to feel like you're going to shut down um, anyone that's, that steps on the field with you. And uh, I think, you know, what Mike Mickens is building in that secondary room and the talent and ceilings that he's getting in and developing, man, I, there's probably no other room on our team that I feel more solid about that. I'm just, okay. they got dudes everywhere. And if one goes down, it's next man up. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely excited and I've I've enjoyed following Carson and his recruitment and him engaging with Notre Dame fans and other Notre Dame outlets. It's been fun to watch, so I'm excited to see him in a gold helmet.
0: No doubt, man. Well, I, I had the I, I know you know Carson. I, I had the opportunity to to interview him. That was that was a while back. Uh but just a great personality. Uh, a fun kid, you know, um uh, very vocal like you mentioned. And that's who I was going to pick as well. Um, but, you know, just to make it interesting and pick someone else, um, I'm going to say Logan Saldate. I, I can see him having that kind of personality to have a good, a pick. good touchdown dance. So, um, all right, next up, uh, who's your best bet for future captain?
1: All right, so, Nick, you, you may say, you know, you, you cheat with the defensive line room, but I, I'm going to cheat here. And I'm I'm actually going to go with a 20, technically a 2024 recruit, And that's Riley Leonard, Riley Leonard, the portal guy. I think he's going to, you know, follow suit with Sam Hartman and he's going to have a C on his chest. Um, You know, he's got some big shoes to fill. I think Sam did an outstanding job, you know, kind of understanding what it means to be a Notre Dame quarterback, setting the tone, being very mature. Um, You know, obviously he had a lot of experience um, in years that, that he had, but, I'm sure Marcus Freeman's challenging, you know, Riley. Now, obviously, this is all speculation, but he's challenging Riley that, you know, Sam was able to come in and and get the respect of his teammates right away, and I expect you to do the same. So, if he's able to do that, I expect that C on his chest when we when we head to College Station.
0: Leave it to Joe to wait until the the second to last one to pick a, a transfer. I, I see you switching the rules up a little hey, bit. Hey, if that- you
1: look up 2024 football <laughs> commits, he's he's listed.
0: You're right. you're right, you're right, touche, <laughs> touche. Um, I'm going to go a similar route, uh, and I'm going to go CJ Carr. The guy was just a phenomenal leader for the class ever since he committed. Uh, he never really wavered that much. He was always trying to recruit other guys, and he seems to have that. Um, he, he seems to be a guy that other players follow. Um, and want to be around so uh, i'm going cj carr as my bet for future captain and then last but not least we have our most valuable recruit and this could get a little bit redundant but i wanted to add it on that kind of like the mvp of the class so joe i'm gonna let you go first on this who is your most valuable recruit
1: i I'm just like I'm kind of treating this as like my my favorite recruit. Obviously, there's a ton that's of guys fun. that you could say is like, you know, CJ's the most important, most important position. You know, I did I did the cheating route with Riley Leonard. He's probably the most vital person in the program right now as we project yeah. our 2024 success. Um
0: let's leave but, out the transfers for this one.
1: Yeah. And and this is where I'm going with this one. Like kind of my favorite, my my one that I just kind of am, you know, kind of uber excited about, and that's KVA. Um, KVA, I think is, you know, kind, he's not really slept on, but he's, he's obviously rated, you know, in the top hundred nationally, but this guy has a lot of great football under him. He played a St. John Bosco was a four year starter there. Um, if you saw his speech, um, when he signed his letter of intent, this Impressive. is a guy that, that, you know, I, you know, you can, you know, obviously project out to be a future Notre Dame captain as well. Uh, He's an impressive young man. He comes from an impressive family. Um, You know, he he shows that he projects that, you know, he he has great morals and values that he stands by. Um, And the fact that Ohio State thought that they were going to flip him last second Mm -hmm. and were trying to make a last ditch effort and for him to, you know, kind of stick it to them and even throw out some trolling of wearing Ohio State clothes, et cetera. um, And then obviously sign with the Irish, he, he's my MVP recruit of of 2024.
0: I like it, man. And, and I agree with you. Uh, I think he's – I had two names written down, and he was one of them. Um, I, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. Uh, I'm going to go CJ Carr for a lot of the same reasons that, you know, you mentioned the musket on offense. You know, it's he's a leader. It's the most important position on the field. Uh, but I, I don't think you could go wrong. Uh, picking either car or kVA both are going to be phenomenal players so um those are your superlatives for the 2024 class um that was fun I enjoyed yes. that um, yeah that was fun. and I'm excited about this class man i th- I think top to bottom it's a very talented talented group we well, finished in the top 10 sorry go yeah, ahead
1: top 10 class and Nick it was great that we didn't have to deal with any drama there was oh, literally dude. zero drama. I mean, from what we, what we dealt with, with, you know, even Keon Keeley leaving, but obviously the Peyton Bowen, uh, you know, National Signing Day saga, um, you know, was a big headache, I think, for, for Notre Dame fans. Um, but shout out to the recruiting staff, Chad Bowden, um, you know, and, and really you- the whole staff as, as a whole that, you know, had these guys locked in. There was never a second guess on if anyone was going to flip or, anything like that. I know KVA, I just mentioned that, you know, was trolling some Ohio state fans, but if you were close to the Notre Dame circuit, people weren't wavering on, on KVA. Uh, We knew he was solid with Notre Dame and God, it was a drama free day. We got our 24 class in, we got our portal guys we need with, you know, hopefully some additions maybe coming up in the future. Love, love, love that stability for the football program.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm fired up. Um, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be uh, to be an Irish fan. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump into uh, some some more news. A lot of news, really, since our last recording. It, it seems like you know, you go 24 hours and there's three more things to talk about. Uh, but just to hit on some of these, uh, Lauren Landau has been hired as the new strength and conditioning coach. Uh, I think that's a pretty big hire, a um, little bit about his background. Um, he was with the Denver Broncos, um, and then he, he's also trained a lot of guys individually. Uh, you know, I think he's got like Christian McCaffrey on his resume and, you know, some names like that. So uh, we'll see, um, you know, I, but everything that I've read up on him, I, I think he's a, a pretty big, pretty big pickup for Freeman. What What do you think?
1: I I really like this, this pickup. And, you know, it's been um, reported that, you know, Marcus Freeman wanted the strength and conditioning program to go into the more of the, uh, the modern sciences, I guess you could say about, you know, building muscle and, um, you know, building agility, all that kind of stuff that, that takes part in in the weight room. Um, So again, it's that, uh, that mantra adapt or die. And it seems that Marcus Freeman is trying to adapt to modern times on on ways that he can improve his weight room. And this guy seems to be one of the leaders in it. So being able to get Loren Landau, uh, Landau, I think, Loren Landau, um, I think so. Yeah. You know, he, he's really involved with, you know, kind of the modern science of, of, of building weight, you know, in the weight room, uh, nutrition, all that kind of stuff, uh, that he's going to build, he's going to bring to the strength and conditioning, uh, room. So I'm very excited. Uh, obviously as Nick, you mentioned, he's worked with, you know, a lot of top name professional athletes like the Mannings, Christian McCaffrey, um, obviously he's been working with, you know, the Denver Broncos as of recent, I've read up on him that he actually was, um, I don't know if there's any UFC fans listening, but he was part of the two, you know, the, the UFC, uh, 2012 ultimate fighting championship reality show where he was helping out those guys. So he has a lot of backgrounds and tools that he can bring, um, into, into the Notre Dame locker room that I'm excited for, for him to get started.
0: Yeah. And I, and I'm just glad they got that wrapped up and announced, you know, uh, to me, they had to have that done before the bowl game. Yes. You know, after the bowl game, that's when you really get into the the meat and potatoes of the strength and conditioning. So uh, yes, sir. Yeah. good hire. I think, I think it's good hire by Freeman. Um, now let's talk about some additions um well another addition to the staff mike brown uh was announced as the new wide receivers coach uh coming from wisconsin he had a history of working with marcus freeman at cincinnati um uh, you know joe i'll give just some of my thoughts on this and i'll let you give yours everything that i've heard about this guy i think it's a great hire i know people initially see oh he's from wisconsin Uh, you know, uh, another buddy hire for Freeman. I don't see it that way. I I think after what happened with Chancey Stuckey, I think Marcus Freeman did a smart thing in getting a guy that he knows and can trust. And and I don't care what area you're working in as a professional, when you have a guy that you can absolutely trust on your staff and he has a proven track record. I mean, this guy put in, you know guys like alec pierce and yep you know, some other guys into the I'm nfl from the raiders yeah yeah trey tucker so i mean to me this is a a good hire for marcus freeman and and i think it helps like we talked about earlier with denbrock it helps when you know what you're getting out of your staff and you guys can work well together what are your thoughts on mike brown joe
1: uh, Nick, you, you you've hit it right on. I I'm very happy with this hire. Um, and again, I I think this kind of goes into my my Dembrock rant uh, during the first segment is familiarity. And I I don't see this as a safe move. I know you know a lot of Notre Dame fans can spin that way, but you know Mike Dembrock coming into a new situation, uh, you know from LSU going to Notre Dame, absolute home run hire. But you know being familiar with Mike Brown and knowing how he's developed. And he has a track record that you mentioned, you know, developing guys that weren't highly recruited. Um, And now he's on a larger stage um, at Notre Dame where he can go out and get, you know, the four or five star guys. UC wasn't doing that. Um, It's hard to get, you know, top recruits to get to Wisconsin, but, you know, they grabbed the CJ Williams, you know, that Notre Dame really wanted uh, from the transfer portal. I don't know if uh, Notre Dame fans remember that name, but, he was a, a recent commit, or yeah, he was a recent commit in the 2022 class, was it? Uh,
0: yes. Because then
1: he was a year, his 2023 year, or 2021, actually, I think, because then he had a year at USC, and then Mike Brown was able to get him uh, over at Wisconsin. But, you know, he was a highly rated kid. Again, look at his track record. He's moved up the ranks. Yeah. Um, he's he's earned his stripes. Marcus is familiar with them. Everything that I've read, he's, he's a great guy. He's a great recruiter. He works hard. He's young. Um, You know, he, he's going to be able to connect with, with our players. I think a lot better than, than what Stucky was, was rumored to, to do, Um, which I think is important for that room. I think they, they need to have that kind of uh, that kind of coaching, that kind of moxie uh, from their, from their, uh, you know, wide receiver coach and Mike Brown fits that.
0: Yeah, and one, one last point on, on Mike Brown. Uh, something that was very telling to me was when Fickle brought him from Cincinnati to Wisconsin, he named him associate head coach, and that tells me everything I need to know about, you know, what coaches Great think point. about his, his leadership. So, Great uh, yeah, point. I think it's a good hire. I think it's an underrated hire, honestly. So, yep. uh, next up, let's talk uh, other transfers. We've mentioned Riley Leonard. out um, not Hell Dick yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. boy. Yeah. Uh, we got RJ Oben. I'm a big, big fan of RJ Oben out of Duke as well. Uh, he'll be playing edge for us. Uh, and then we added a couple guys in the wide receiver room Chris Mitchell and Bo Collins. And then the son of Ryan Clark from ESPN, uh, Jordan Clark, is coming over from Arizona State. Uh, what are just a few takeaways about some of these guys, Joe, uh, that, that you have?
1: Well, I mean, the most important guy is Riley Leonard. I mean, this is and I love Steve Angeli, and I, I hope he makes me eat my words as we are about to play Oregon State next week. But Riley Leonard takes this this wire or I should say this offensive side of the ball and takes it to another level. If if we're able to get two thousand twenty-two Riley Leonard, um, and being able to, you know, I'm excited with Mike Denbrock to work with him. Obviously, he's just coming off uh, a, a seasoning campaign with Jaden Daniels, where he got uh, his quarterback, the Heisman Trophy. Um, Riley Leonard has all the tools that, you know, I'm sure an OC wants in a quarterback. And for us to land him is, is so big. Um, he brings a totally different dimension that defensive corners coordinators, coordinators will have to account for, uh, bringing it with his arm and his legs, his athleticism. Uh, that's going to be a true nightmare for them. So, He takes our, you know, this commit takes our offense to, again, the next level, and it takes our expectations to the next level. It's it's playoffs or bust when you get a kid like this. Um, And obviously with the compliments you kind of get with him, with Chris Mitchell and Bo Collins uh, to help out the wide receiver room, uh, it kind of gets me pretty daggone fired up about what this offense could be because I feel solid about our tight ends. I somewhat feel solid about our offensive line. I think we have some talented dudes that are going to fill the holes of Blake Fisher and, um, you know, Joe Walt uh, being, being gone. Uh, you know, Riley Leonard, you know, obviously there's some disappointments with Sam Hartman, some that he brought on to himself. Some were just, you know, bad cars that he was dealt throughout the season, but for everything that we want to see lined up for our 2024 projections is lining up on, on the, on basically our, our roster sheet uh, of things we want to see. So I'm, I'm excited for for Riley Leonard to be in a gold helmet.
0: Yeah. No, I just to follow up, a lot of great points there. Um, I I was already excited about Riley Leonard coming in. <laughs> now with the news with Denbrock, I'm even more excited. I think this is the perfect type of guy uh, for Denbrock. Denbrock's shown he can adapt to who he has behind center. Um, and this is a guy that's got a lot of experience. He's got athleticism. He can make a lot of the throws. And, and Dembrock, I'm excited to see what Denbrock does uh, with him in the offense. The other guys, Chris Mitchell and Bo Collins, I'm a big fan. Um, I really like Chris Mitchell's game. He, he brings a lot of that speed element. Bo brings some more size uh, to the wide receiver core, which is good. Um, and I mentioned RJ Obin, uh, who will step in for jjb who i was very high on this past year and man i'm i'm really excited about open as well marcus freeman took on this recruitment of Oban personally he was the lead recruiter uh so that tells you what how he feels about him uh and watching his tape man i, I think this guy's going to be a difference maker for us on the d line uh so I, i'm excited oh also jordan clark um you know he, he's a little bit undersized coming from arizona state but uh he's a tough football player he's a, he's got a high football iq and uh hopefully he could step into uh to that nickelback spot for us as well so exciting times and transfer portal man I, I i love what i'm seeing so far the, you talk about a great off season man i oh. i could be more excited so far oh. so yeah
1: nick i i mean my heart is full like i i don't even need christmas presents I don't need <laughs> a stocking, literally Mike Dembrock, this transfer yeah. portal for, you know, no drama in the 2024 class. I mean,
0: just been great.
1: Just, just hand me a beer and I'll enjoy my holidays. This, <laughs> this has been great. That's right.
0: And honestly, <laughs> let, let's, let's give Freeman and the staff some credit here, man. Uh, all of that doesn't come together just by accident. So, I mean, yep. you know, for much crap uh, as some people were given Marcus Freeman, you know, is, can he handle this? I, I think he's got uh, everything pointed in the right direction at this point. So, sure. uh, all right. Uh, real quick, we talked about the guys that were leaving. Uh, Cam Hart, Joe Alt, Blake Fisher. Uh, some guys that announced that they're staying big time, big time. Uh, Howard Cross, my son. Yes. One of my favorite <laughs> players. My man is coming back, baby. He's running it back Okay. Oh am juiced you can i'm sure you can hear it in my voice dude i'm i'm pumped having him back and riley mills also announced he's coming back having that in the interior of our defense oh look out man this defense could be special because then right behind him my man jack kaiser's coming back so look out if x watts who we think is going to announce that he's coming back we think Look out, this defense could be top five in the country next year.
1: They could be special. They could be could be special. And, gosh, I mean, we literally get to keep the same interior line that we had last year with Howard Cross and Riley Mills. And then your backups are probably guys that, you know, if they did leave, we would have high expectations for. But, you know, when you have backup, you know, defensive line, interior defensive lines like Gabriel Rubio and Jason Anye and Donovan Heinish. I mean, right. Holy smokes. I mean, talk about right. just, you know, you know, Al Washington's able to <laughs> able to have some riches there and the same with Al Golden. So if these guys are all able to take a step in their game, man, opposing interior lines from center to guard are going to be watching film thinking, Oh crap. Oh, crap. How in the hell are we going to block these dudes? Um, And I hope that opens up some opportunity because, you know, you almost have to double cross. You almost have to double mill. So I do expect this to open up, um, you know, some one-on-one battles for our defensive lines and Viper or defensive end and Viper positions, which I hope we were able to uh, take advantage of. And I think getting the addition of RJ open, if we get anything like we got out of Jean Baptiste, I'm going to be, ecstatic uh that would be a huge compliment to our interior and i guess the other unit outside of safety that i'm kind of interested to see if anyone emerges is that viper position we have you know kind of you know a three-way i say the job's kind of wide open because jordan patello was has been a little bit disappointing i mean a little bit he has been disappointing uh this season and there's been rumors that you know injuries kind of lagged him on this but he's been trying to fight through it uh, be interesting to see if anything kind of comes to form of that, you know, after the season's over. But from you know what we got out of the viper position, you almost have to say, you know, that position is going to be wide open for, you know, is, that's not solidified to be Jordan Batello's next year as well. You know, could that be a Josh Burnham, um, where where he emerges as, as kind of that viper position? Do they, um, you know, Bubakar, junior junior, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that that can you know, see that Viper position as a potential opportunity for them to get yep. on the field if they're able to win that job. Um, and like I said, with the interior having so much experience and talent, um, you know, these guys are going to be crucial to get to the quarterback because they're going to see a lot of uh, – or they're going to get a lot of priority in the interior line uh, with their game plan. So if they get one-on-one battles, they got to win them uh, for, for the defense to get to the quarterback without blitzing.
0: Yep. Very well said, man. It's exciting times, man. And we're not just being homers here. Like, uh, No, these
1: are facts. Watch the film.
0: These, these are facts. Right. Yes. Put on the film. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, exciting times. Now, uh, let's let's jump into some bowl game talk. Um, first one we want to talk about, peanut butter jelly time. Oof. He's getting the start. He is now QB1 until... Mr. Leonard gets on campus, but we're going to take this, uh, take this in. So peanut butter, jelly time, QB one, uh, heading into the sun bowl. What are your expectations for Mr. uh, Mr. Angeli?
1: Oh man. Expectations. I, I hope he does well. I, I really do. Uh, it's a, obviously, um, an ample opportunity for him to kind of solidify himself into the QB race. Uh, for twenty twenty-four if he sees himself as you know a potential starter in that position. You know, Riley Leonard and I'm sure Marcus Freeman, they're not handing him anything. You know, obviously, you know, the expectation probably is for him to win the job. Uh but Stephen Jelly has has fought has fought hard, I'm sure, in practice, has gotten a lot of reps where he wants to prove uh to this coaching staff and, and to you know Mike Denbrock and to Gino that that he he's just as good as Riley Leonard in, in the offense that, you know, we will have moving forward and he's taking advantage of the opportunities that he had. Now, a lot of the credit, or I would say the, the hoopla, I guess you could say the hype has been in garbage time. Would you, would you say Nick? So it's yeah. like, is this fool's gold? Uh, you know, and he, and the last time he was out on the field, he did throw an interception uh, for Stanford. Correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, It's, it's kind of, you know, Hey, let's prove it, prove it, Steve. Uh, Prove that, that you can be, you know, kind of a power five starting quarterback and uh, I'll be rooting for him. I I am rooting for him. Uh, Now I expect Riley Leonard, obviously take the job, but um, I'm rooting for him to have a big day. And again, he's kind of stacked, you know, with kind of a depleted wide receiver room. We're not going to see, you know, obviously Rico Flores who, who hit the transfer portal. Um, you know, we're going to have, you know, the new additions of KK Smith. Uh, That's going to have his debut. Uh, this is obviously a, a true freshman. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things that are going to be a little bit different. He doesn't have the the All-American tackles to his left and right. So I don't say that the, it's going to be kind of a depleted deck. But, hey, let, let's go have some fun, Steve. Go out there, have some fun, sling it around, and, and, and find a way to win.
0: I'm with you, man. I... I'm rooting for the kid. I think he's a phenomenal young kid. I think he throws a great ball. Um, and I hope he goes out there and, and lights it up. I really do. And, and I think he very well could, I, you know, he's going to have all this time to prepare. Uh, Gino's going to be looking to, um, you know, show his skill Um, so I, I have high expectations, uh, for, for Angeli and, I don't know if you noticed, man, in the, in the player interviews there before they they went home for a short Christmas break, he's growing out a, a little bit of the beard. So I mean, he's he's <laughs> channeling his his inner Hartman here.
1: There I mean, we
0: go. You know what I mean? So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, some other news here: uh, Charles Jagasaw uh, looks like he will get the start at left tackle, and then uh, Tosh Baker and Emil Wagner still battling out for the right tackle spot. Uh, this is big, uh, Joe. What, what are your initial thoughts on on the new tackles that we're going to have for the bowl game and possibly next year?
1: Obviously, Steve Angel is going to be the probably the focal point on the broadcast, and you know a lot of Notre Dame fans are excited are to see you know kind of a new quarterback and what we have uh, in Steve. But for me, I think the biggest storyline that Notre Dame fans need to check out is what do we have in our tackle position to replace Blake and Joe, because you know, we have to make sure that we have guys protecting, um, whoever QB one is now I expect Riley Leonard to be it, but, you know, they got to make sure that these guys that are coming into this tackle position are going to be able to protect at a high level, uh, for this offense to be successful in 2024. So these are going to be their audition tapes, uh, their dress rehearsal for them to kind of, you know, take over these positions as Blake and Joe have kind of, you know, solidified them for a season or two. Um, so it'll be nice seeing new faces, new talent to kind of step into those roles. And I love seeing, you know, Jagasol, a true freshman that uh, obviously has a huge ceiling, high expectations. He's an absolute behemoth uh, yeah. of, of of a man. Uh, so ball. I'm excited to see how he moves at that left tackle position. And obviously, Tosh Baker, he he's a guy that uh, you know it feels like he's been in the Notre Dame football program forever. It's kind of like I'm excited for Tosh to finally get his moment to, you know, see if he can win the job uh, for his final season at Notre Dame with, you know, I'm sure all the reps and weight rooms and conditioning, the things that he's gone through the last four or five years in the Notre Dame football program um, will be, you know, a tremendous opportunity for him. And then Emil Wagner, this is a guy that's kind of from my area and your area, Nick played yeah. at Wayne. I remember seeing him at his basketball team at the district finals at the Cintas Center at Xavier. And, you know, one he's of stud. the biggest, he's a stud. I mean, the way he moved his feet and everyone's like, he's a tackle. I mean, he looked like almost a defensive end. He's kind of, he was slim yeah. in high school and um, I know Notre Dame has been on him to put on weight, but this dude is an athlete. This is an absolute athlete. He is chiseled out. His his arms are big. So he's not like the prototypical I would guess you know Blake Fisher or Joe Wolf kind of build, but this guy is strong as an ox. So I'm kind of interested to see how how he plays, um, you know, at that right tackle position. What about you, Nick?
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to see Jagasaw. I was I was very excited about him when they picked him up. Um, I, I don't think anybody saw him uh, jumping in this quickly. Uh, But, you know, he's also a guy that's coming off of a knee injury. I I mean, so for him to, you know, battle through an injury this young in his career and he's pretty much already got the left tackle spot locked up, that that tells me a ton of how Joe Rudolph and and the entire staff feel about this young man. So I cannot wait to watch him in a game situation. Um, And, man. You know, he, this could be the next Joe Alt. you know, Joe Alt started as a, a sophomore and, and locked it down. So uh, we'll see, man. Very excited about Jagasaw. I'm rooting for a guy like Tosh Baker. I'm with you. I mean, you talk about a guy that could have been on the program years ago um, and, and you talk about another uh, mammoth of a man. That dude is humongous when you're watching the player walk and you see everybody and then you'll see a head sticking up. Is Tosh Baker. (laughs) Like the dude (laughs) is massive. So uh, I'm excited to see. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing both of them get some play at right tackle in this game. I you know, it's not a spring game, it's still a real game, but see what see what you got in both of them. Get get some tape on both of them and evaluate it then because I'm I'm excited about Wagner as well. Uh just hope he can put on a little bit more weight. So um yeah it'll be exciting o-line will be one to watch um i'm excited to to see how the running backs perform without uh without audric back there uh i look to see a a heavy dose of jeremiah love and Jadarian price um what about you joe any thoughts on the running back room or, or defense anything else we need to touch on oh
1: i mean jeremiah love i mean the the clips that i'm sure if you were any part of uh, the Notre Dame Twitter space. Um, you've seen the the clip of Jeremiah Love doing his one on one toe touch. This dude is just oh, yeah. dynamic. I mean, it the is. athleticism, him able to change speeds on a dime. I, I mean, I talk about just a dynamic running back that Notre Dame is going to be able to have for the next couple years, and for him to kind of start getting the opportunity as RB one. I'm I'm very excited to see what the what the offense, or I should say, Gino, I guess, game plans uh, to use him as a probably a vital piece of of the offense uh, for this bowl game. And you know, the more times Jeremiah Love touches it, the more I'm probably going to love him more. So uh, I'm excited to see see him get the ball in space.
0: Yeah, I man, he's he's dynamic. I mean, think our our backfield is just unbelievable. Our running little,
1: back room is stupid.
0: It, it's it's stupid, like. You got Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, uh, Jabron Payne, uh Devin Ford, and then you got, you know, Kidron Young and uh Williams coming, coming in. My goodness, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: We're getting back to the days of the nineties with oh. you know, uh I don't know. We've heard our dads talk about the loaded rooms with <laughs> wipers and all the like I to me this this rivals that so uh it's gonna be exciting, man. All 100%. right, let's uh, yeah, let's get into uh, predictions, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, we're going a little long here. Um, Notre Dame is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the over-under is 42-and-a-half. Uh, Joe, you want me to go first with predictions? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so this, to me, is a game that I think will be a little bit low-scoring with you know both Oregon State's down to their third-string quarterback. They had their two uh, quarterbacks ahead of them. Uh, transfer, Uh, they're down their head coach. Uh, So I I, I see this being a game where uh, Notre Dame has most of their defense playing in the game, J.D. Bertrand's playing. Uh, I shouldn't say most, but they have a lot of their starters playing. Uh, So I I don't think – I don't see Oregon State scoring a lot of points in this game. Uh, So I'm going to go with Notre Dame 31, Oregon State 10. Uh, so that has Notre Dame covering the spread and the over-under just hitting the under. So, Joe, what do you think?
1: No, Nick, you know, I, that was exactly my thought. But here, here's what I'm doing with my brain right now. I have been, and people have listened to the podcast, the worst gambler of all time. <laughs> and this this number of over-under of 42.5, I go, there is no way that number hits an over. There's no way. Yeah. So yeah. do you know what that tells me? This is 100% gonna gonna a hundred percent. It's going to hit over. It's going to hit the over. <laughs> so yeah, there gonna right. have, there's going to be like an offensive explosion. I think <laughs> both teams are going to have some fun running like trick plays. There's going to be, you know, kind of like in the South Carolina game, you know, um, you know, go for it, a, a fake punt, uh, whether they try something like a reverse, a double pass that, yeah. you know, could maybe be an explosive play so my Fake brain's line. my brain's telling me go under but that makes me think my brain is dumb so the over <laughs> is definitely going to hit so i'm going a high scoring game there I you think, go i think it's going to be 35 to 21 irish
0: i like it hey man also either benny clamps or x watts is, or one yeah, of them is going to have are a pick gonna six. score
1: for us the defense oh, is Oh, no for
0: us. doubt if there yeah. if there is that uh option to bet on a, a defensive touchdown, take it. But again, oh, yeah. also don't take our advice to heart either cuz no. neither of us are great gamblers. So No. Nope. I <laughs> but, mean, uh, you
1: just heard me. I mean, the worst gambler of yeah. all time. And I'm so. telling you, I thought the USC game was an automatic under bet after what we saw versus Louisville yeah. and Duke. And uh, you know, we know how that game. We ended up putting up what 50 plus points.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So it'll be fun. game's going to be
1: an over. It's going to be an over game. It's going to be a lot of points. It's going to be a lot of points. We're going
0: to keep we'll we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But, you know, this was fun. Um, Hope you guys all enjoy the bowl game. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Uh, We'll be back sometime. uh, Probably before the bowl game, maybe right after. We're not sure yet. We'll check our schedules, but uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, and as always, go Irish. Go Irish.
1: Thanks for listening, Irish fans. Please rate and review our podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at First and Quote at Nick Kramer IT and at Joe underscore Kramer underscore IT. And don't forget to check us out at the irishtribune.com and follow us on our socials at the Irish Tribune. Thanks for
0: listening and go Irish.